Pulp MX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey everybody, welcome back. Show number three this week. This is the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Race Tech. Big show today. I'm sure you guys have been chomping at the bit waiting for this podcast. But you guys know what I got to do first. Rocky Mountain ATVMC is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, dual sport bikes, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and FREE, three-day shipping, over $75. So easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the premier shopping destination for all of us out there. And thank you, Fly Racing, FlyRacing.com. I'm getting ready to go to Fly Summer Camp 2019 gear release. Looking forward to sharing that with you all and trying it. And want to thank the guys over there, Max and everybody. They make great stuff, and they even have vented gear for the hot summer days like it was today at Paula. About 92 degrees today, not scorching, but getting hot. Go check out Light Hydrogen Gear or 2018.5 Kinetic Mesh, and go get it over at RockyMountainATVMC.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you. Keep the sucker moving along on the tracks and of course race tech they've been a presenting sponsor for a while now and they are the you know what that's right great suspension great service great engine mods they do a lot of work over there go check them out racetech.com racetech gold valves provide a plush feel with drastically improved bottoming resistance and increased traction racetech products and servicers are 100% guaranteed and made in the USA Discover why when racers can choose, they choose Racetech. Experience the gold valve advantage by logging on to Racetech.com. Paul Feed is a very smart human being, way smarter than you or I. So trust me, go to Racetech, try some gold valves, do yourself a favor. I met a guy today who tried some at the track, actually. Thanked me for doing these podcasts and thanked me for guiding him into the Racetech direction. That is why I do these podcasts, people. I like when I hear good things, positive feedback from you guys out there, and that's what happened today. So go check them out, racetech.com. Go check out rockymountainatvmc.com. And, of course, go check out flyracing.com and see what they have to offer. And go get yourself some fly gear like I wore today on the 2019 Kawasaki KX450F. Oh, wait. I shouldn't say 450F. It's just 450 now. They dropped the F. And why did they drop the F? Because they didn't like F words. And if you don't know four strokes by now, you're never going to know. So who needs the F? It's a 450. Of course it's not a two-stroke. There is no two-strokes available from Kawasaki motocross versions at least, right? So 
dropping the F, 450. So, had the presentation last night at the Harris Casino over near Paula, the racetrack. And lots of lots of info was downloaded to us. However, we are not going to get all crazy in that info right here on this podcast, but you can go deep diving into some of those techie things over at KieferIncTesting.com. You can read up on all the changes, what they're supposed to do, and why they did them. So go check that out over at KieferIncTesting.com. KieferIncTesting.com, I'm sorry. So, excuse me, I just got home from a long couple days. It's been a long week so far, and we're still not done, guys. We still got some more testing on Friday. Yamaha YZ85, Yamaha YZ450F, but I will not be doing that podcast on Friday because that information is embargoed until the 29th because we're having different magazines go out on different days. Yamaha thinks it's fair to just have all the information come out on one day, so look for that pod later. But this is all about, this is a green podcast, okay? None of that blue stuff in this podcast. Kawasaki engineers did a ton of work, and also, I'm going to give a little tip of the cap. I just tip my cap, if you guys can't see that. To Travis and Sean, the R&D riders over there, over at Kawasaki, these guys are the unsung heroes. These are the guys that you do not know about that R&D the shit out of this bike for the last year and a half to two years. These are the guys that you need to thank when you go purchase this motorcycle and you are a happy person on the track. These are the guys that put in the man hours, development hours, and all the things that you see on this brand new 2019 KX450. Um Travis has been around the game a long time, and of course, Sean Borkenhagen, you guys might have heard that name before, he has been around for a little bit in the testing realm, but Travis has been there a long time, and I just went up to Travis today and shook his hand after I wrote it, which we will get to all the information, but just wanted to acknowledge the hard work that he's put in, because I've been on the other side of something like that, and it's hard to do a job that's thankless, for one, and to really get no recognition for it. So it's it's a tough thing, right? You have this little baby that you kind of, you, you, you've bred and you've watched it grow and you see the things that, the growing pains that it had and now you see it come to fruition and no one even knows you were a part of it. You're just this guy behind the guy, behind the guy, behind the guy. So thank you to Travis and Sean for busting your ass on this bike because honestly... I told Travis today, like, I wasn't I wasn't too stoked on riding the 2018 Kawasaki KX450. It was, it was okay, but that fork was atrocious. I didn't put a spring fork on this year. Racetech helped that fork along a little bit, made it a little bit better, right? Actually, I shouldn't say a little bit. They made it a lot better, but it's still not a spring fork feel. I don't care who does the suspension, all right? That air fork still is not a spring fork feeling fork, no matter what you do to it. And although they had a nice frame chassis feel on square edge, it still felt long. It still wasn't really great at cornering. It was okay, but I still felt like the Yamaha cornered better and, of course, the, the Honda and the KTM and the Husqvarna. So 
they had some work cut out for them. Well, fast forward to, ne- to today, and right when I got on the bike, it you just sitting on the bike, it doesn't feel anything like last year's Cowie. It still feels like a Kawasaki, but you do not sit in the motorcycle. You're more on top of the motorcycle. I feel like I have enough room to move around, but yet not so big where I'm like stretched out. So they did a great job on a, on a few things that I feel are very important. And when I talked to the guys last night about the machine, the fork was a topic of discussion because obviously they went to Spring Fork, right? Well, everyone just thinks, oh, it's just the same fork that's on the Suzuki and that's on the Honda. It's not the same fork. It is a 49 millimeter Showa fork, but there are internal parts that are different from the Honda and the Suzuki. And the Showa technician, the race technician that does Eli Tomac stuff, Josh Grant stuff, says when he saw the drawings for this production fork that's on the 2019 KX450, he thought it was one of his race forks because those those are very similar, if not the same parts that are in Showa race team forks, the guys that use Showa, obviously. Some guys use KYB, but when the guys use show it, that's the stuff that they put into their bikes. So very cool that Kawasaki is a little bit different in that realm where the fork is different, the internals are different. They have this dimple plush um, coating that is very cool that a lot of race teams use. Of course, it's Kashima coated, it's nitrate coated, a lot of different things in that fork. So it's basically... I would say more of an A-kit fork than a Honda fork. So another big discussion was um, weight and how much weight did it gain. It only gained approximately about three three pounds is from what I've heard. I haven't weighed it myself for factual information, but three pounds over the 2018 version. They lost weight and they showed us all the parts last night where they lost weight and I got to pick each part up the 2018 part, 2019 part, and feel the difference. A lot of weight came from the foot pegs, the piston, the swing arm, a lot of different pieces, fuel tank. So they lost weight in a lot of areas, and of course they had to gain weight going to electric start, and I feel like a little bit from the hydraulic clutch, but for the better, right? People complain it doesn't have an e-start, and it doesn't matter what you do as a manufacturer, someone's gonna bitch. You know, you got guys saying, I need an electric start. Cowie doesn't have an electric start. Well, you put one on it, and you're like, dude, doesn't have a Kickstarter anymore. This e-start, what if my battery goes dead? My God, people. I, I don't know what it is with some people about bitching about every single thing. If you don't like it, just just chill out. Don't like it then. Just chill down. No need to get crazy. You know, and if the bike is too much money, which I get, bikes are getting expensive. It's $9,200 for this new Cowie. I understand. People say it's not blue collar friendly. Yeah, I get it, but I bust my ass and I work so I can get some nice stuff. You know, there's other models that are less expensive to keep you on a dirt bike, but if you want to go a four stroke route, you know, go on the, the payment program. I know a lot of people do that. They. They put 500 bucks down and they go buy themselves a motorcycle and they make payments on it. I, I've done it myself. So it, just please, people out there, stop bitching. 
No matter what, you're going to be unhappy. Just be stoked that they're developing and advancing the technology. Kawasaki, I mean, having the first hydraulic clutch for a Japanese brand for a motocross bike, that's huge. That's huge. So let's all just embrace it, okay? It's back to Spring Fork. Thank, thank you. I raised my hand in such joy when they were talking about that last night at the presentation. I was like, thank you, baby Jesus. Spring Fork is back on. Let's resume normal programming now. This Air Fork shit is going away. I don't like it at all. And let's get back to Spring Fork. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about everything that I felt. I have a whole ton of notes that I took today while I was testing. So I'll kind of I have little bullet points that I want to talk to you guys about that I felt, but I'll go over a lot of points on the bike, but right away, people are complaining about the looks. Honestly, this bike is better looking in person than it is on your computer screen or in print or wherever you're viewing it. I feel like it's a lot better looking when it's in when it's person. Similar to the Husqvarna Rockstar Edition, I thought it was ugly when I saw it on the computer. I went and saw it and it grew on me. Kawasaki, same thing. Yes, it has a bazooka for a muffler, but the good news is, folks, that muffler cowie sound is gone. That raspiness that I thought it was made it sound real shitty, that is gone. It's more quiet. It should say quieter. It doesn't have a raspy sound, and it actually sounds pretty damn good when you're on the throttle, and it sounds good in your helmet when you're when you're on the gas. So, Kawasaki did a good job. I think the shrouds throwback is a little bit 90s and I like that and they even confirmed that last night in the presentation and said hey we wanted to tip our hats to all the nostalgia that this brand this Kawasaki had and you know here we are 2019 and that shroud graphic that's what it's become so um, very cool that Kawasaki did that I think it looks good but let's get down to the to what you guys want to know here, all right? Straight off from the Sprinter into the studio to record this for you guys, to give you guys some feedback. And this is just the first impression, guys, okay? I'm going to go out with Kawasaki and Chavez. And Chavez was Brad Shaw's mechanic, the Dogger's mechanic. He's at Kawasaki. He's a technician. I'm going to go out with him in two weeks, and we're going to do some more mapping and do some different things, and I'll get some better settings for suspension. But Paula today was fairly good. For testing, if you guys aren't familiar with Paula, bigger type jumps, tighter in areas, only one really fast area. So the track itself doesn't flow very well, but it's kind of rolling and stabbed. There's a lot of rollers on the inside, so you get big, deep ruts. So tough technical track, good for testing, good for chassis feel, good for motor, good for suspension. Didn't get terribly rough, but still good enough to give you guys some feedback. So right away, the couplers, all right? I'm going to talk to you about the engine. We're going to break down the engine right now. I have my notebook here. You probably can hear it when you guys, you guys' stereos. But right away when I got on the bike, I noticed how fast it was off the bottom. Comparing it to the 2018 machine, the 2018 had good throttle response, but maybe had like a little dip before the mid-range. Well, that dip has been filled in and you have so much power coming out of the, the corners now, very responsive still, but the beauty about this engine, it's more KTM-like than ever. And what do I mean by KTM-like? So 
KTM Husqvarna is very connected to the rear wheel when you roll the throttle on. This Kawasaki, although exciting off the bottom, is very connected to the rear wheel, very linear, nothing too crazy after you're getting out of the corner. It doesn't break loose, but it's very, very fast. It pulls hard. I would dare to say even harder than a KTM or Husqvarna out of a corner. So the thing I didn't like about it, okay, with the stock coupler in, it was a little jerky in corners. I would come into a corner, want to roll the throttle on, and it, it's really aggressive. Really aggressive and very touchy to the throttle. So I kind of wanted to tame that down a little. So what I did was I put a black coupler in it, which is the rich coupler, which makes it a little bit mellower, and that kind of helped that um, sensation rolling the corners, right? So I'm on the throttle rolling the corners, and it's not upsetting the chassis as much because I don't have that bop, bop, really abrupt RPM response from like 0% to 5% throttle. It's just that initial crack that was super gnarly. If you're on a sand track, faster track, I might go back to the stock coupler. But Paula today, a little bit tighter. I wanted to roll the corners and be smoother. Very good with the black coupler. Now, this engine will not, will not feel like anything your 18, 18 rides like on the track. Nothing, okay? It hits a little bit harder. It pulls a little bit harder off the bottom. Pulls longer in the mid-range and revs out farther. They told us in the presentation that it revved out 200 RPM farther, further than the 18. Well, it feels like a lot more on the track. I can use second gear rolling out of these corners farther than I did on last year's bike. So I don't have to shift to third so damn soon. I like that, okay? I like that feeling where I can use the second or third gear. And honestly, this Kawasaki pulls third gear out of corners a little bit better than this Rockstar Edition that I've been riding a lot. So I just feel like it's a nice change of pace to have some freedom of what gear to run through corners, which is kind of hard to do when you have a, a bike that's kind of mellow off the bottom, which the Kawasaki was a little bit like last year. It had a good throttle response, like I said, it just was a little bit too mellow off the bottom. Again, Top end, you guys are going to go ape shit for this top end. It pulls very far. You're going to like it. And I feel like the whole motor itself is a little bit freer revving and a freer feel. So it gives the bike a lighter sensation, which we will get to that chassis part in a little bit. But I feel like the whole engine chassis and just the feeling of the bike is a freer feel and I feel like there's less vibration. I didn't have a lot of it last year. I didn't have a lot. It just kind of felt a little bit, I don't want to say roached out, but it just kind of felt a little bit used when I was rolling the throttle on and that, that was when it was new. This bike had an hour and a half on it when I started riding it, but it just felt much tighter, freer feeling and just spooled up a lot better and a lot quicker, which I like. The gearing on this bike is a 1350. Honestly, I wouldn't leave it. I mean, I wouldn't touch it. I would leave it alone. The 1315 gearing, like I, 50 gearing, like I said, coming out of a corner. Second gear is super usable. Third gear is fine. 
So it really caters to the lugger or the guy that wants to rev it out a little bit, which is very hard to do. And overall engine feel is just stronger everywhere. That's the word I can describe it for you guys. That was the first thing I noticed when I got on the, got on the track. I just felt like the bike was super strong. And for how quiet it was, it was really shocking because I was thinking when I was coming out of the pits, I was like, man, this bike's probably not going to be as strong as they're claiming. And as soon as I rolled it on, I'm like, whoa, shit, it's pretty good. Like as quiet as it is, it pulls very far and it hits pretty good. So again, I'm not usually a rich type of guy for a coupler. I usually don't mellow my four strokes out, but man, you guys might want to really think about using that black coupler if you guys have some tighter tracks and you just want a, a smoother feeling. McGrath was there today. We were bullshitting a little bit, and he didn't know what I changed. I didn't know what he changed, and we started talking at the end of the day, and McGrath even, you know, we both said, he's like, hey, you on that black coupler life? And I go, yeah. He's like, that's what I'm saying, right? And I go, absolutely. He's like, you can corner better? And I go, absolutely. So McGrath even likes... a mellower hit down low so he can actually ride it a little bit more aggressive and I concur with that so if it's good for MC I'm sure it's going to be good for you guys so very good engine change very noticeable much better than last year so uh, I'm excited about that I'm excited to ride it more like I said in a couple weeks I will go out and and ride this thing getting to um, well let me let me get to the, the clutch before I get to the fork here Kiefer, what's the hydraulic clutch feel like compared to the Brembo? Okay, let's break this down real quick. It's And one, it's super weird to see a hydraulic clutch on a Cowie when you get on it. You're like, ah, it's so, so different, so weird. The Nissan hydraulic clutch kind of has the best of both worlds, okay? And let me, let me explain to this, to you guys what I'm talking about. There's a little bit of play in the lever in this hydraulic clutch. Okay, so that feels like a cable clutch when you have a little bit of play. Unlike a Brembo on the KTM, where it's very tight, there's no play in that lever, and it's very touchy. That hydraulic clutch is either on or off. So when you're fanning it, it's it hits right, it hits real quick on that Brembo. With this Nissan hydraulic clutch, dude, there's a little bit of play, okay, and I can almost feel like it's a little bit linear little bit more modulated like I can modulate it better with my finger because I have a little bit of play and then once I pull it in it feels like a hydraulic pull but it's not a light switch it's not just on or off okay it's very linear I feel like I like this clutch hydraulic clutch feeling better than the Brembo I haven't done a back-to-back test yet but just my feel from today I like that little bit of play and that modulation that the Nissan um, hydraulic piece offers. So very, very good, strong clutch. I also noticed today when we were circle jerking around doing photos and doing the dumb shit we do to get bangers, the bike didn't overheat. Last year when I did some bangers, you know, for the gram and for for, um, the website, if I was riding really slow and just circle jerking around a jump or hitting berms or whatever, the bike would overheat and maybe spew out a little bit on the overflow of the radiator. That didn't happen this year. Didn't get too hot, didn't spew out, wasn't overheating, wasn't steaming. So I don't know what the the process was to fix that. 
The radiator cap is the same, but nonetheless, it is better and it doesn't overheat. So that's a plus. And obviously, I, I heard from um, one of the guys today that the clutch plates are the same from last year, but obviously, the whole thing's different being a hydraulic clutch. But I think from what they told me today was that the plates, the fibers, and steels are the same as 2019, which I I thought was uh, was kind of weird, but nonetheless, that's what it is. So moving on the suspension. All right. <laughs> this is a complex thing here. So I try to give you guys a first impression. I try to get you guys a feeling. What's it like? Well, right away, guys, I'm not going to bullshit you. It's a better feeling up front. You got more front wheel traction. You got more consistency. Totally much, much better than that SFF Air thing that was on last year. It is a little soft. It moves a lot. It soaks up the small bump very well. But on larger hits, I wanted a little bit more um, damping feeling on the inch stroke. So I tried going into, didn't like that change so much because it hurt small bump absorption, kind of deflected a little bit. So I went back one, so I was plus one stiffer, and then went slower two on the rebound, and it was very good. I wanted to add a little bit of oil because I want to try to prevent some bottoming, but like I said, Paula is large on the jumps, and... I still feel like I could use that plus five cc's on other tracks like Glen Helen when I'm coming down the hills or whatever. But nonetheless, very strong fork, very strong comfort points, I should say, on small bump absorption. On D-cell, I don't get a lot of pitching. The balance of the bike is very good. The shock at 105, that's where we had it on the sag, felt very balanced, but also soft. Both ends were on the soft side for me. So... What show a guy, his name is Morimoto, very nice guy, Japanese fellow. We went eight clicks in, which is two rotations, what they call in the Showa world, two turns. So eight clicks in is two turns, much better, a little bit better holdup, and I even improved traction because it wasn't so wallowy when I was hitting some rollers or coming out of a corner. So overall balance of suspension is a very good feeling. Lots of comfort in the fork. I feel like the fork is a little soft, but with that comes comfort. All the tiny bumps that I hit or on some D-cell things that I've I've discovered that when track builders rip a track, there's still some square edge or something hard underneath that fluff. I found that today, and the fork is very good. It it soaks up that kind of stuff very well, doesn't feel harsh. There's not one point in that fork stroke that feels harsh i thought that was a big plus and very rare for a 49 millimeter show of four because usually somewhere in the stroke it'll feel kind of harsh but kawasaki managed to find something that worked that didn't feel like it was a harsh hey commercial time thanks for listening if you guys want a comfortable shirt to go to the track or even a hoodie you're cold you want your chick to look cool Get some hats, shirts, hoodies. Be a moto fan. Be an off-road fan. Go check out ruttedracing.com or if you guys are on Instagram, at ruttedracing. Clint and April make very, very comfortable shirts, hats, hoodies. 
They're helping out the Bear for Supercross. That's right. Rutted Racing is helping out Tyler Bowers. They put money back into our sport, guys. So let's buy some stuff. They're helping us out. They're helping the Supercross riders out of the world. Let's go there and buy some stuff at Rutted Racing or ruttedracing.com. Right now, it's 40 degrees in the high des. I am wearing a Rutted Racing hoodie, and it's badass. So go check them out. Thanks, guys. Also, don't forget, you know what's coming after Rutted Racing? ScreenPrintingDone.com. You know what's cool? Free stuff. You know that? Order 12 tees. Get 10 free t-shirts. When you order 12, buy a dozen, get 10. ScreenPrintingDone.com. They produce t-shirts, hoodies, hats, everything. You need t-shirts for your employees? Do you need t-shirts for your track? Or maybe a party you're having. Make us some t-shirts. Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com. You know who else goes to ScreenPrintingDone.com? The 7 Deuce Deuce. I feel like he took ScreenPrintingDone.com from me. But nonetheless, he knows where to go, right? If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. That's where I get all my Kiefer Inc. testing shirts. Go over there. Check them out. Mention Kiefer. When you order, 12. Get 10 for free. Later. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it. But I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to skosh.com and check out all the products. They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have phone chargers for your Droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close, like my house. I don't have that many outlets. They just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just, I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So founded in 1980, Skosh Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic. You guys need to check them out, skosh.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Skosh develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Skosh finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Skosh is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, SCOKT25. That's SCOKT25. 
Use that code when you go to scotch.com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. If you want to hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. I'll let you know more. But very cool guys over there. Thanks, Scosche. Scosche.com. You looking for some good oil out there? I know you are because I get a lot of questions to my email inbox about oil. Heck, I'm at the track. People stop me and ask about oil. On the Pulp MX show, lots of callers. What oil should I run? So I'm going to let you on a little secret. I've been testing an oil that's called Moto Blood. Bloodlubricants.com. Go check them out over there at bloodlubricants.com. Go view everything they have. There's all different kinds of oils. You got an ATV, you got a street bike, you got a UTV, or you got a YZ450F in your garage. Blood Lubricants has an oil for you. Okay? Jefferson Green, he's been in the oil industry for a long time, since 1983. But he's been a motorcycle enthusiast for longer than that. So he wanted to create an oil that was good, that lasted a long time and didn't break down, and even cooled your engines down a little bit more than you're used to. Because, heck, I'm going to tell you something straight up. was testing this stuff a couple months, did a lot of temperature readings. Engine temps were always anywhere from 25 to 30 degrees cooler with the Moto Blood 1040. And you want to even know something that's crazier? It's 100% fully synthetic oil. You guys know me. Synthetic wasn't my choice when it comes to some bikes, right? I ran it in the Yamaha and I ran it in the Honda. Wasn't too stoked on synthetic oils. Well, went and tried this. No slippage, no drag. 100% synthetic. It 100% works. So, hey, go check them out. Bloodlubricants.com. Mention Kiefer in your order and get 25% off. It's that easy. And if you guys have any questions about this oil, hit me up over at chris at keyforinktesting.com. I can discuss more what it does for you, what it does for your bike. But, hey, it's in my test bikes right now. I've had zero failures. It's really reliable oil. It's very good, 100% synthetic. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. One of my first sponsors ever was FMF Racing. I wrote resumes that's right, handwriting for you young bucks out there, handwritten resumes, and mailed them out, licked the stamps, sent them off their way, onto every company that had an address in these magazines that I looked at when I was younger. I was a 125 novice, 14 years old, sent my resume off, and I literally camped out by the mailbox every night, hoping to get something back that says, We've accepted your sponsorship. Now you're a writer. And you know what? One day, guess what showed up? A letter from FMF Racing. And you know what it said inside of it? Congratulations, Chris. You just got 60% off. Can you imagine that? 125 novice, 60% off? Dude, I thought I made it. I thought I was in. I couldn't wait to tell my dad that he was going to save money and we're going to buy like 87 silencers and pipes now because we saved him so much money. <laughs> Nonetheless, those guys were on board with me a long time ago when I was very young and now they're back on board with this podcast. I think it's very cool and thank you, Little D. And you guys know, I don't want any advertiser on here unless I back their products and I back FMF Racing and the quality that it comes with. For 45 years, they've approached everything they do at FMF as riders first. That's why it means the world to them to be on top of every major reader survey. Okay? They want to make exhaust systems that you want. 
They want to make exhaust systems they want. So it makes sense. It's They're stoked when they hear guys say, hey man, I love your product. Trust me. I've been around Little D long enough. He loves that stuff. There's nothing more joyful in a guy's business to know that their products work. Same thing goes for my podcast, guys. So founder Don Emler is hands-on today as he was in the beginning. He's out there grinding, welding. Quality is his first concern. He builds everything from the ground up in the USA where you can oversee and control manufacturing. At FMF, they approach everything with the same mentality. Whether you're playing on the trails or backing the fastest names in racing, they set out to be number one. Thanks to all of you, fellow riders, we're leading the pack. They are leading the pack because of you guys out there buying the product. So, as you guys know, you guys go back into my podcast. I talk about FMF. Great products. Head over to fmfracing.com. Get yourself set up. Go look and see what they offer because they offer a lot. If you have any questions, hit me up. Chris at KeeferInkTesting.com, and I'll answer them for you. Thanks, FMF. So you guys, don't be scared out there to stiffen up that fork a little bit, but maybe only try one increments because the fork is a little bit different than the shock, okay? I'm going to explain this. Sensitivity. The sensitivity to clicks is more on the fork than it is on the shock. Use one click, stiffer or softer, you're going to notice it, okay? On the shock, if you're going to stiffen it, go two to four clicks in or out, however which way you want to go. I tried four clicks in the first time on the shock, and I noticed it, and I wanted to go a little bit more. So Morimoto went four clicks in additionally, and that's where we stayed. So that's just the way the shock's built. Every four clicks is one rotation, so I went eight for a total of two. So just know that when you guys are doing the fork and shock. Sensitivity up front, not so sensitive in the rear. So just be aware of that. Again, 104 to 105 is good. I did try going up on the fork. It comes flush, what they call flush, and there is a 5mm line on the fork. I tried 5mm. I didn't like it. I went back down to 2mm up in the fork up in the clamp, sorry, and that is where the happy spot is. So I would go from flush to two millimeters, try that, and that seems to be good for tight or fast areas. It kind of makes the bike, honestly, plan it a little bit better when I raise it up to two millimeters and kind of help the turn-in. Now we're going to talk about the turn-in. We're going to talk about this chassis. It's a thin-feeling dirt bike, okay? It doesn't feel fat feels really narrow especially at when the foot pegs at your feet i do like the foot pegs the foot pegs are wider this year and i do like that feeling um but the chassis itself frame bump absorption hasn't gone anywhere that is still a very high positive um, attribute for me on this bike it does feel more neutral cornering than ever Last year, I could I could get it to corner fairly well, but still, to me, felt long and still slightly more rear-wheel biased at times. Now, everywhere on the track, it's more neutral. I feel like I can corner it a little bit better in the front end. I don't think it's a front-end biased cornering bike by any means, but I do not, absolutely not do, think it's, do not think it's a rear-wheel steering biased machine. 
very neutral. I think it's going to fit any one of you guys very well. If you're rear, if you're front, it, it turns very good. Only problem I have is a little bit of vagueness on entrance of corner. A little bit of vague feeling, like kind of a push. But once middle to end of ruts, berms, it cuts down very nice. It lays over. It feels light, okay? The bike itself, itself feels very light. The chassis doesn't feel long like previous years. feels a little bit more compact. And I do like that feeling. And I really, really like how easy it is to change direction. Side-to-side -side movement on this thing is really, really good. It's quick, but not so quick where you feel like the bike is twitchy. So you kind of get the best of both worlds where it's a great straight-line stability bike, but also you can bank, you can cut down. If something's blown out, you can cut down fairly quick. Well, I should say quicker than last year. Um, I still don't think it's as quick as a KTM or Husqvarna, but it's much better than in years past. So, like I said, slight push on entrance of corners, but middle to end lays over very nice. You guys are going to notice it right away. It's funny because I went and rode the 2018 a little bit before I went to this intro just so I can get a refresher course on it and get really familiar with it again. I think the bike, I think the 2019 feels a little bit lighter even though it's heavier. And a lot has to do, I feel, with how nice that engine is. It's very, very exciting, but yet has a lot of traction. I kind of feel you're getting the best of like a KTM engine with a little bit of Japanese flair and a little Japanese excitement off the bottom. So it makes the bike feel really light. So that makes the chassis feel real nimble. In the air, I have no problem throwing it you know, a whip for me. I mean, I'm no Axel Hodges, but I can throw a fairly good turn down on a whip, and it does that very well. And it also does it very well leading up to the jump where it's not so twitchy, you don't know what the hell it's going to do when you're going up a face of a jump. Paula got some deep ruts in it today coming out of a corner, up this face of a jump, and it also, it all, it always stayed just nice and true and straight and never wanted to go out of the rut um, or one wheel in and one wheel out. It just was always nice and planted feeling. That's what I get from this chassis. I, I knew that chassis last year had that in it, but with that fork, it just wasn't going to happen. And I just never got around feeling totally comfortable just with that fork. So excellent feeling chassis feels nimble good straight line stability a little vagueness on turn in but very good mill to end and that's kind of the opposite of what it usually does a cowie usually feels okay a little bit on tip in and then vague middle to end and kind of pushing so now we're kind of opposite over here with this 2019 bike and again more neutral very very flat rider triangle okay um, seat, foot peg, rider, that's what the rider triangle is. I'm sorry, um, handlebars. Handlebars, seat, um, foot pegs. Excuse me, bear with me here. But that is what we call a rider triangle. I wanted to get that out there for some new people that are listening. Much flatter. You don't sit in the bike now. You sit on top of it. The 971 handlebar rentals 
almost feel a little bit lower because you're a little bit higher up in the seat. The foot pegs are five millimeters back a little bit, so you have more room. And I like that. I'm six foot, and I think that's a great feature of this bike where you have some room, you can adjust your bar mount, you can do all these things to make yourself comfortable. So, um, very good. Little extras here for you guys. Seven eighths bars are back. I'm not hating on it. I like it because they flex. I don't care what you say, Paul Parabinos. I still feel like a seven eighths crossbar handlebar flex more than a one and one eighths crossbar less handlebar. I know your facts say something different, but my hands say something else. So nine seven one seven eighths bars. I still like it. Rider triangle, like I said, is good. A little bit flatter surface. A little bit of nitpick in here. Clutch lever shape. It's a little bit thin. The blade, I kind of like that feeling. And where they put the little indent, like where you rest your finger, it has like a little bit of a pocket. I like that as well. It's perfectly placed for my one finger that I use. I'm not a middle finger clutcher. I'm more of an index finger guy, and it rides really nice on that. Again, muffler sound, much improved, quiet, has a nice deeper sound once you're on the throttle, not so raspy. Yes, it's long, but you know what? I'll take a long muffler as long as it sounds better and the engine character is good. So hate on it all you want, guys. If the engine's good, whatever, I don't care. And this engine is really good. We don't talk about brakes that much on this podcast. Because usually a lot of people don't change the brakes that much. Well, Cowie did. Cowie went up in the rear, changed the front disc. 250 millimeter rear disc, largest in its class. Very, very good stopping power. Touch a little bit grabby in the rear. I noticed when I do push down on that brake pedal, it's a little bit grabby, but nonetheless very powerful. I do really like the front brake. The modulation of that is so good, and I can drag that front brake in a rut. It's very powerful, but yet very progressive, almost like a ride engineering type um, brake feeling, if you guys are familiar with the ride, ride engineering caliper. It's a little progressive feel, but stops very well. That's what this Kawasaki front brake feels like. I can drag it, but yet if I just got to pull it in a little bit more, it stops in a hurry. So they did change the brakes on this bike for the better and I like it so kudos to you guys out there that wanted that you know I see you guys complaining about brakes on certain models especially Japanese models so kudos for you for bitching about something that actually means something instead of shroud graphics and bazooka mufflers (laughs) okay so um, again go try those maps go try some some couplers if you guys want to start out the stock i don't know who used an aggressive coupler today i don't think anyone settled on that so black coupler stock green coupler is the way to go the white coupler mm, no bueno for me i'm not about that life but nonetheless try them out see if you like them and obviously you can change them real quick you can leave the motor running now Launch control, didn't try it today. I will try that later. Nothing's changed there. But overall package of the Kawasaki, you guys are hitting me up. Is it good? Is it good? Is it good? Yes, it is good. 
it's better than last year's machine. If you're a Kawasaki guy and you were on the fence about getting one, it's worth it. Right now, I would say it's worth it to pay that money for this Kawasaki. Is it going to win a shootout? You know what? I was talking to someone today on the way home. I'm not saying yes or no, but I am also... I'm not saying yes or no, but I am here to tell you guys right now, it's in the conversation at least, okay? Last year, the bike wasn't in the conversation for a win. There's no way. That fork, there's no way it's going to win. Now, they got a fork that's comfortable. They got a hydraulic clutch. That's a win in Jody's book right there, guys. Trust me. MXA, they love hydraulic clutches. Boom. So that it has to go up, right? The bike has to move up. There's nowhere to go but up. So here, I could give or take a hydraulic clutch. I don't care if it works good. Yes, I'm, I'm stoked, but I like a cable clutch. I'm not hating on a cable clutch, so it's fine. But definitely, I think it's in the hunt to win the shootout. It's going to be a gnarly year for shootout, guys. Yamaha is a little bit improved. Obviously, you have the KTM, the Husqvarna that are really good. And then you got... Honda that has a new frame, okay, that I heard has some a little bit extra power. So we're dealing with four bikes that could win a shootout. So they're going to be a manufacturer that's going to be pissed off this year because unless you, you buckle under pressure, you can't have four bikes win a shootout. There's no way. So Kawasaki's in the hunt this year, guys. It's a better machine. The engine is really good. I'm almost tempted to tell you that it's one of the better stock engines that I've felt in a while. And that says something because I've ridden a lot of engines. So I will be riding the Yamaha on Friday. But like I said, very connected feeling, very KTM-ish with more excitement down low. I like that. Maybe a little bit too much at times. Really, really from 0 to 5%. Just a really, really touchy. So, um, but very easy to ride. You could lug it. You can rev it. Suspension balance. A little bit soft. So you bigger guys, 180, 190, are probably going to have to do something with either a spring rate or a valving change. But I tell you what, I'd rather do that stuff than deal with what we had to deal with last year on that Kawasaki. So... That's my first impression spiel. I will write more over on PulpMX.com. I'll write a 10 things, kind of break down a few more things that you may or may not have heard on this podcast. But hey, I will be riding this sucker more in about two weeks' time. I'm going to break down some more things, go to some rougher tracks, and really dissect it, and hopefully do another podcast and get you guys some another setting for some FI stuff like I did with the 250 and the 450. But hey, if you guys do and you guys are Kawasaki guys and want some FI settings, I do have those here. Hit me up at chris at keyforingtesting.com. I'll send them to you. I have a, a setting for 2018 KX 250F and of course 1718 KX 450F. I have some, some settings that I kind of helped um, and got uh, in contact with Kawasaki and and they developed some. So I have those here for you guys that are needing them. And just want to let you guys know, thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate all the positive comments and all the things that I get at the track. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. And, hey, Kawasaki's here, guys. Steve's talking shit on me. Are you in love with the Kawasaki now? You're going to switch to Kawasaki? Like I've always told you, everyone out there, 
I don't care what color it is. If it works good, I'm in. This Kawasaki worked good today. It's a lot better than the 18 version. I'm going to stack it up with some other bikes fairly soon. We're not going to claim it as a winner yet, but we are for sure telling you right now that it's a better machine that's green. Okay? So, I hope you guys are happy. Look for more information over at KieferInkTesting.com and PulpMX.com. And again, if you guys need anything, hit me up at Chris at KieferInkTesting.com. You want some swag, you want some shirts, you want some hoodies, Heather at KieferInkTesting.com. And we thank you. Thank you for listening. It's our third show this week. Whew, it's been a rough one, guys. I'm tired. I still got two more days. And you know what? The weekend's coming, and I ain't doing shit. I ain't going to go ride. I ain't doing nothing. I'm going to recharge, okay? Get back on that grind next Monday. But it's been fun. Stoked about this time of year. New bikes get me excited. I love it when a manufacturer changes some things and it's for the better. They don't go backwards. Kawasaki did a lot of huge things this year with the spring fork, hydraulic clutch, electric start. Shit, we didn't even mention electric start. It's so common now, I didn't even say anything. But it starts easy. <laughs> if that's what you want to know. No problem starting. The button is kind of recessed. Um, how they have the electric start button has the button is actually almost recessed, so you don't really hit it when you kind of move forward on the bike, which is kind of cool. But starts fairly easy. Quick blip of the of the button, boom, boom. If you guys want to put a little bit of throttle on, I do sometimes when I hit the button, it starts up right away. So very cool um, feature on that, and yeah, it's become commonplace for us to have it. So that's probably why I kind of breezed over it. But nonetheless, glad Kawasaki listened, and maybe. Next year, the KX250F will have one. Hmm. You never know. But anyway, that's it. That's all I got for you for a first impression. Hope you enjoyed. Head over to PulpMX.com later tonight or tomorrow and get some more info for you team green guys out there. Oh, contingency. Good contingency up for Kawasaki. So go check out Kawasaki's website for contingency info. And these should be in dealers... I would think by end of next week is what I think I was told. They said by the end of next week, they will be starting to arrive, and uh, you should see them. So if you guys put deposits down on them, it should be there very soon. And also, just real quick on the weight, from what unofficially, I think we grazed over this a little bit in this podcast, it's about 242, 243 wet weight. That is still the lightest Japanese bike available. Most other Japanese bikes are 247, 248, 249. So we're still working with, you know, five, six pounds less, which is a lot, okay? Five, six pounds less than other Japanese, you know, manufacturers. So kudos to Kawasaki for adding some things, but also trying to keep the weight down. Very hard to do. It gets expensive. So good job, Kawasaki good job on making a good bike. I was excited to ride it. I look forward to riding more next week. See you guys later. Thank you for listening.